This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. In this winter semester, we'll be sending out a series of shurim on understanding minhagim, different minhagim of Rabbanim uh, in the last uh, couple of generations, be delivered by Harav Benjamin Tavoy. We'll begin, we'll continue with discussing laws of, actually minhagim, of Gedolei Yisrael, specifically about the meals on Shabbos. We'll begin with the halacha of Lechem Mishneh. The Gemara in Shabbos, the Avkuf Yitzayim Abbas, says very clearly, Amar Avabah, B'Shabbos Chayav Adam Levtsua Ashtay Kikros, Tichsev Lechem Mishneh. On Shabbos, a person must have two chalas, because of the concept of Lechem Mishnah, which occurs by the man. Now, usually when we talk about Mineh Grabaseinu, we've been talking in my uh, kind of discussions about Mineh Grabaseinu, I've been referring to people of more or less uh, the from the time of Reb Chaim, the Vilna, before him to the Vilna Gaon, until today. Today we're going to begin with Minhagim that already existed in the Gemara. Amar Avashi, it seems to be the pshat of the Gemara is that Rav Ashi said that Rav Kahana really had Lechem Mishneh, but he cut one. It says they gathered. It doesn't say they cut them. It doesn't say they eat them. He just had two. The Gemara then says, Rav Zeira Now, Rav Zeira had a different custom. And it's the custom of Rav Zeira that we're going to, to really go into. Rav Zeira said, doesn't say Rav Zeira said, Rav Zeira was Batseya Akula Sheruta. So what does that mean exactly? So Rashi interprets that he used to cut a big piece of bread. Instead of cutting the bread, perhaps from the end, he used to cut a big, big portions of bread to give out, enough for the whole meal. And it looked like Chibuv Mitzvah. It looked like he loved the Mitzvah of, Sh- of Shabbos, of Yisuda Shabbos, and he gave out, apparently, where he ate, a very big portion. So the Gemara discusses this. Is it a good idea, not a good idea? However, the Rajbah interpreted the Gemara differently. The Rajbah said in his Chidushim, on that Gemara, on Shabbos, the Rajbah said that what Rav Zeyra did is not like Rashi explained, but Batsa al-Kola He would cut both loaves of bread. That seems to fit into the Gemara very nicely. One person took two chalas, but cut one. And the next story of Rav Zeyra is that he took two chalas and cut them both. And the Gemara, is, and the Gemara then discusses, it, that is it nice to cut both or not nice to cut both? The Rashba in the Tshuva in Chelek Zayin of Chuvis, Simen Tov Kuflamit, again, discusses this Gemara, but here he spells it out a little bit more clearly. He says, the reason you have Lechem Mishneh is because everything about Shabbos is double. Shnei Kvasim, Zachavishamar, two candles, and therefore it's a minig to have two chalas. But then he talks about, or actually before that, he talks about the concept of the man 
And how would you have done it? Now, let's figure out in the, in the Midbar, when Bnei Yisrael ate man, what, what would they have done? Normally, they ate two meals a day. One that I would call brunch, and one which I would call lupper. Lupper is a combination between lunch and supper. On Friday, or every morning, they would get enough man to have two meals. But on Shabbos, they were told that they, on Friday they were told to get Lechem Mishnah. So that's enough for Friday morning they had one meal. And now they have three meals left. So at night, they would have, as it were, three loaves of bread. In the morning, they would have two loaves of bread. And for Sudash Lishit, they would only have one loaf of bread. So if that would be true, then we would have to discuss, you require Lechem Mishnah for Sudash Lishit. I wrote about this once in an article about Lechem Mishnah. My brother wrote an important article about Lechem Mishnah. We're not going to go into all the details. I just want to discuss one point, which is really the issue of the minig that I'd like to discuss. But it doesn't seem that you would need Lechem Mishnah by Sudash Lishit if you do it straight Zechelaman. Moreover, what Rav Zeyre said would be very difficult to understand. Why should you cut two chalas? They couldn't have done that in the Midbar because you wouldn't have had any left for the second meal. You wouldn't have had Lechem Mishnah. So, it could be the other reason is the one that was accepted by Rav Zeyre, namely, that we have Lechem Mishnah because everything on Shabbos is double. Since everything on Shabbos is double, it would seem to make sense that the bread should also be double and each meal you should have two chalas and cut both chalas. The Rajba himself, at the end of the tshuva, he said, what is proper, he brought the various opinions, and then he said, but the proper, he quotes the Rush, and he says there are other opinions, but the best is to do like Rav Huna, to take two chalas, cut one, as a Zeichel Mishneh, and you always have, for tomorrow, you have, of course, as I pointed out, the Sudash Lishit, it would be problematic. Now, all this was an introduction to a custom that's printed in the Vilna Gaon, in his uh, in the compilation of his Minhagim Maserav. It says the Vilna Gaon had a minig, his minig was he cut both chalas. And of course, that would seem to be in accordance with the opinion of the Rajbah. Shabbos is kaful, and therefore you would have two meal, two loaves at each meal. People have explained that according to Kabbalah, there's a concept of having yud based chalas on Shabbos, twelve chalas on Shabbos. So some people, especially Hasid Sheminig, was actually to have yud based chalas on the table. Yud based chalas, which would be twelve chalas, which would be matching the lechem apanim. And some people say in the Zmiris, if you say asad el sudas on Shabbos. One of the lines you say is that the idea will be revealed, the reason will be revealed for the twelve lechamim. So some people explain that according to Vilna Gaon, you actually do have twelve lechamim. How do you have that? Because you have a challah that you cut Friday, two challahs you cut Friday night, 
So you cut each one into half. You have four portions. And that would be true for Shabbos in the morning. And that would be true for Shabbos at Sudash Lishit. So therefore, together you would have four, four, and four. You'd have twelve. Twelve parts, which is connected Lechem Apanim. But the custom of the Vilnagam itself was even more striking because this, it was told there that the Gaon cut two chalas at every meal. But one time, there were more than two chalas at, at the meal. Let's remember, I said that certain Hasidish Rebanim had 12 chalas. I was once present at the house of uh, the the Rebbe Mertwerski from Milwaukee when he had chalas on the table, 12 chalas. So, when the Gaon had more than two chalas, he cut them all. It doesn't say how many chalas there were there, but it just says that he 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 cut all the challah that was there, and that could be the way he interpreted akula sherute. When Reb Zera was but say akula sherute, akula sherute might just mean every bread that was brought to the kavod Shabbos should be eaten at that meal. So if there are two, then you cut two. If there's more than two, you cut more than two. But that is an interesting minig of the Vilna Gaon. Firstly, he somehow accepted the opinion of the Rajba that Rav Zera cut both chalas. He also felt that it was a proper custom to do, to cut both chalas. And in fact, he would do that even if there were more than two chalas at the table. I've already mentioned a discussion about making Kiddush by Sudash Lishit, and we won't go into that today. But when you do have Lechem Mishnah, the, generally, in many, many houses, there are two chalas in front of the balabais, and the general custom, I think, is to cut one chala, not like the Vilna Gaon, and you give that chala to other people. The people have to be Yotzei Lechem Mishnah too. Women are also chayv in Lechem Mishnah. It seems to be whether the reason is because of Shabbos is kaful, Shabbos is, everything about Shabbos is double, or because Zeichel man, women also ate man. So it would seem, in simple explanation, that women are chayv in all the meals of Shabbos. Shulchan Aruch says so clearly by Sudash Lishit. And would be chayv in Lechem Mishnah, so when the Balabas makes Hamotzi, how is he Motzi them in Lechem Mishnah? Well, they heard the bracha on the Lechem Mishnah, and they eat from the Lechem Mishnah. That would seem to be the most logical way that I would think to be Yotze Lechem Mishnah. However, there is an interesting uh, opinion of Reb Chaim that's quoted in the Sefer that I've used a lot, Halichos Hagrach, that it says here, Hagrach Savar, Reb Chaim said the halacha is that you have to make hamotzi on two chalas. That's what the, the custom of Lechem Mishnah or the din of Lechem Mishnah is to make hamotzi when you have two chalas in front of you. But you don't necessarily have to eat, or at least each person does not necessarily have to eat from the Lechem Mishnah. The night of Pesach, for example, if you have Lechem Mishnah of the Balabas. So, according to Reb Chaim, he makes Hamotzi, and each person can take his own matzah to eat the Kazayas matzah, or how many Kazayas he's supposed to eat. 
but you don't have to eat the same from the same chala or the same matzah, the same hamotzi that the balabas made. Reb Chaim said, as quoted in the sefer, he, that he quoted it, he compared it to kiddush hayom. When you make kiddush in the daytime, so you don't have to drink the wine. The main thing is to make kiddush. Now, when Reb Chaim is quoted this way, it does seem a little strange because some of you might remember that just last week I discussed the concept of drinking from the wine at Kiddush. And I pointed out that Reb Velvel was careful to give everybody to drink from the Kiddush Friday night. But not Shabbos in the morning. I'm sorry. Friday night he was not careful about giving everybody Kiddush giving everybody wine. Friday night, he made Kiddush. The people didn't have to drink the wine. Shabbos in the morning, he felt the Ikar is not the sentences, the psukim that we say when we make Kiddush in the morning. In fact, we saw that Reb Chaim did not say anything. He just said, So, the Ikar of the Kiddush in the morning is to drink the wine. If that's true, then everybody has to drink the wine. The question is, how would he look at Birchas HaMotzi. Why would he look at it differently than he looked at Kiddush in the morning? Kiddush in the morning, the Iker, is to have wine at the meal. Is the idea to have wine at the meal and therefore you could drink other wine? Shouldn't you drink the wine that the Brach was made on? This is a an interesting point to compare the two Halachas. I really am not required to explain this. I could just point out that Reb Chaim on Shabbos morning didn't, well, actually it was Reb Velvel, on Shabbos morning was careful by giving everybody the wine to be, that they should drink wine in the morning. Here you said they don't have to eat from the Lechem Mishnah to be Yotzei Lechem Mishnah. Of course, one could argue and debate and explain the difference between the two. I just thought that the comparison of the two was rather interesting. Let's discuss a few minutes about what we call Sudash Lishit. Now, I said correctly that the third meal on Shabbos is called Sudash Lishit. I don't know if people use the term for Sudari Shona, Sudash but everybody calls it Sudash Lishit. In the vernacular, when people gen- generally speak, especially the Yiddish speakers, and became part of almost the, the English language, the third meal is called Chalashudas. Shalosh Seudot. Of course, it's poor, poor grammar. Sudash Lishit means the third meal. Shalosh Seudot means three meals. Why is it that the custom or to, be, to call this meal Shalosh Seudot? There was an explanation given by the Chose of Lublin, which has been stated by other people as well, that in a certain sense, the meal that we call Shalashudis is the real kiyum of the meals on Shabbos. And he points out as follows. Why does a person eat the first meal? Generally, when you come home Friday night from shul, people are hungry. It's almost normal to eat a meal at night, you come home from shul, you eat supper. Why do you eat what we call sudashniya 
after Shul and Shabbos. Again, people are hungry. It's lunchtime. It's time to eat lunch. But the third meal, generally, especially in the winter, I remember I spent a year in England when very often we used to finish lunch two, three o'clock, and Minchas at four. Matzai Shabbos could be before five. So, why would people eat Sudash Lishit? Nobody's hungry. So the only reason to eat Sudash Lishit is because I want to fulfill the mitzvah of Sudash Lishit. So this meal somehow exemplifies the concept that I really want to fulfill all Salah Sudot. I didn't just eat the first meal because I was hungry and the second meal because I was hungry. I ate the meals of Shabbos. And the proof of that is from the third meal, which is Sudash Lishit. So the, that's why some people call it Shalash Sudas. I'm eating the Shalash Sudas now. I'm showing that all my meals are the Kavit Shabbos. There is a an interesting discussion about the customs of Sudash Lishit in a important book on Minhagim by uh, Rav Yaakov Gartner. He wrote a book that's called Gilgulei Minhag a general book about different minhagim in the world. And one of the topics that he chose is about Sudash Lishit. He, of course, goes through Rishonim very carefully, analyzes and shows different customs. I would like to point out just one or two things about that he uh, quoted there. Especially in places like I mentioned in England, it was rather problematic to eat a third meal on Shabbos. Because the time simply doesn't lend itself to have a Sudash Lishit when you finish lunch. Two, three o'clock and you go to Mincha right away. So there was a custom that many people had to break the Sudashniya into two. A person would, in the middle of, let's say, after the, after the chant or whatever you have for Sudash, they would bench. And then they would start the next meal. But what I found interesting in this particular sefer are the different minhagim, the pros and cons, the halachic pros and cons of breaking a meal into two. And again, this is not something that I can discuss al the halacha, are you really allowed to break a meal into two with all kinds of issues of benching and, and making new brachas. But he quotes an Arzarua who said that there was such a custom and he said that what did they do? They broke the morning meal into two, they benched, and after they benched, they made a bari geffen and hamotzi. Now, this was interesting because in the last year I discussed drinking wine at Sudash Lishit. And here he quotes a custom that even in the second meal they used to bench and right away after the second meal they again would make a Barbara Geffen and make Hamotzi. The Arzuah himself did not like this particular custom because he said, what good does it do? If they're hungry later on, then they'll eat because of Anik Shabbos. But if they're not hungry, 
they're not required to eat. Because he thought the whole idea of Sudash Lishit is Onik Shabbos. And if a person's not hungry, then there's no Onik in eating. Very interesting. All the many, many Sfarim have written that a person should be careful to, when you eat lunch on Shabbos, not to satiate yourself so much that you won't be hungry at least a little bit, that you can eat Sudash Lishit. Because if you're really full, then the third time that you'll eat the, what we would call Sudash Lishit would be Achila Gasa. And there, I'm not going to go again into the whole discussion, what should you do, how should you do, but they say, the person who prepares in advance should realize that since it's important to eat Sudash Lishit, a person should be careful not to fill yourself too much. But I've seen here the custom of Sudash Lishit to break a meal into two, even to make Kiddush at the third meal. The Sefer of Rav uh, Gardner has a, a, a big discussion about what time to eat Sudash Lishit. Is it better to eat it after Mincha, later in the day, etc.? Again, that's a discussion that we will not go into today. But I did want to mention the custom of Hasidim that get together for Sudash Lishit. In Kabbalah and Hasidus, the third meal is called the time of Rava de Ravan. Ratzon Shokol Aratzonot. A very, very special time. And what happened, once Hasidish world came into being, so the custom was that many men used to gather gather together at the house of the Tzadik or the Beis Medrash or wherever and have Sudash Lishit together. In fact, the custom was they had very little food. In America, when I was young, I remember that many shuls used to put out challah, ginger ale, maybe some little pieces of uh, fish, but it wasn't a real meal. It was a, more of a symbolic, but you did wash. At the Hasidim, many Hasidim didn't have any food. They just sat around and had zmiros, and the Rebbe said Torah. The story is told that the reason that this custom developed by Hasidim was something that the Baal Shem Tov saw himself at a certain place. The Baal Shem Tov was, was a guest for Shabbos with a, his own group. He used to come with a minion. And at the time of Sudash Lishit, he saw that the uh, Balabas, the, somehow the person in charge of the community, gathered people and they sat and sang Zmiros of Shabbos. The Baal Shem Tov saw that this is somehow something that was very well accepted in Shemayim. So he asked, why did they do this? Why did they serve such a Shalashudas with so many people? And he was told that we heard that whenever a person passes away, it's proper to have a community of Jews present at the time of Yitzhiyas Neshama. And I know that on Shabbos, we'll have a Neshama Yaseira. By Motzei Shabbos, the Neshama Yaseira goes away. So I want to be together with my people, with a group of people, when my Neshama Yaseira goes away. So that's why we have a big crowd to Sudash Lishit. And they say the Vilna, that the Baal Shem Tov 
liked this custom very much. And it became a minik chasidim, that you have sudash lishit with people, with a group of people. And as I said before, in some places they don't even give Torah. They don't even, they don't even give any food. They just say divrei Torah. So the misnagdish version would be that it's better to have your piece of challah, your whatever, your piece of herring, and your, and your ginger ale, rather than Torah. And what would be the reason for that? So the Misnagdim used to say is a sort of a, uh, a, a, a sarcastic comment, perhaps. They said, you know, the Torah that the Rebbe says, someone can uh, slug it up. Someone can reject the Torah and prove that it's not true. It's not Emes. Then you win Yotzei Shalashudas. But how can you slug up a piece of herring? Once you ate the piece of herring, you ate the piece of challah, you fulfilled the mitzvah, sudash lishit. You cannot reject it. So I was once at the house of a Hasidic Rebbe, Unpurim, and he said the Hasidic joke, which is appropriate for Purim, to answer this problem. He said because, let's say a person, uh, the Rebbe says Torah, and then you reject the Torah. As I said, you slug it up. So the Rebbe spoke Yiddish, of course, and he said, what happens to the Torah that you rejected, that you slugged up? It goes into the ground, it's finished. So he says, but that's okay, because something that's in the ground, you make a Bari Priyadama on it, and your Yotze Shalashit is with Bari Priyadama. So it's good enough to have Torah at a meal, if you reject it, then it's uh, your Yotze Sudash Lashit also. Of course, and if you heard Torah, they felt that was another way of being Yotze Sudash Lishit. One of the interesting halachic issues of Sudash Lishit is what to do when you have a Sheva Brachis at, at Sudash Lishit. You know that after you, I'm assuming the Sudash Lishit is over. Piaskia, and it's time to make the Shevi Brachas. But once you finish Sudash Lishit, you're not allowed to eat or drink. There's a discussion if you're allowed to drink water, but you're not allowed to eat or drink until, until you dive Marv and make Havdalah. So, what do you do with the Baripi Agefen of Sudash Lishit? There is a custom of Reb Chaim that's quoted in a, the Minhagim of the Grach, that B'Sheva Brachas, She'acha Sudash Lishis, His custom was he did not drink from the wine. Now, if you'll study the postgame about drinking wine after benching, we know that whenever you bench alakos, you don't drink the wine, you, I saw you drink the wine after benching alakos. By Sudash Lishit, most people who are careful to have a kos for birchas hamazon. They hold the kos, they make birchas hamazon, but they don't make a berry bragef, and they don't drink the wine, and they leave it over, and they make havdala on that kos. There are achronim, Magad Avram, and others, who explain that if a person has a custom of always drinking from the kos, a person who always benches with a kos, most of us, at least I don't, generally bench with the coast. But if you always bench with the coast and you always drink from the coast, then you can do it in Shabbos also. It's a Lashli Sheet because that's considered part of your Birchas Hamazon. But since 
We don't do it that way. Most people don't drink every time. So, we don't drink from the coast. But here it's different because it's it's Shavabrachas. So, Reb Chaim said, you still don't drink from the coast before Avdallah. But the comments of Rav Steinbach say that the brisker Reb Velvel said that the Nitziv and Reb Chaim's father-in-law Reb Chaim's father-in-law was the famous Tzaddik who wrote the Torah's Raphael, Harav Raphael Shapira. And the Brisker Rav said that they did drink Sudash Lishit. And in fact, it seems very logical because the only reason we don't drink from the coast of Bracha is because we don't look at it as a Chiyuf. We look at it as a nice idea to make a coast. But since Sheva Brachas is a real obligation, Therefore, it's really part of the benching. And therefore, it would seem more logical that you should drink from the coast. So, here seems to be a dispute between the Nitziv, Rebbe Fel Shapiro, the father of Reb Chaim, and Reb Chaim, whether you drink on the coast or Shadabrachas. For the people that are interested in looking this up and discussing it more, there's a little safer by Rav Devlitsky from Bnei Brak, called Selva Smachos. And here in that book, he brings all the various opinions of what do you do with it, do you drink it, do you not drink it, and if you do drink it, to whom do you give it? And he brings a, a, a wide variety of opinions. When my daughter was married, so we arranged to have Sudash Lishit in the yeshiva, Yeshiva Taritzion. I wanted the boys in yeshiva to feel they're part of my simcha, so we arranged a nicer Shavarachas than usual, and we had Shavarachas at the Yeshiva, at Sudash Lishi. Here, there were two great Rosh Yeshiva, Harav Amital Zichonol Levracha, and the Badel Lechaim Tovim, Harav Lichtenstein. So I went over to them, and I said to them, I'm going to make Sudash Lishi to Shabbos, what should I do with the Kosho Bracha at Sudash Lishi? Rav Lichtenstein's response as it would be his general approach to issues like this, the best thing to do would be to bench before Shkia, call Shalashudas a little bit earlier, and the Sicha that you plan to give, you should give after you bench, after you made Shavibrachas, and you give a long enough Sicha that it's time to bench, that it's time to dive Marv when you finish. This is a general policy that Rav Lichtin would do when there's an issue of benching, Yes, uh, saying Yalaviyava, not saying Yalaviyava, whatever it would be, the best solution would be to bench before Shkia. And you can then sing Zmiris, say Divretar, whatever you like, until it's time for Marev. I went to Rav Amital, was there, and Rav Amital said to him, said to me, Tishma, he said, you know, you're going to be the Rav in charge for Shabbos. Neither Rav Lichtenstein nor Rav Amital would be there for Shabbos, it's as if I would be in charge for Shabbos. So Rav Mital said, Tistakel Baposkim, look it up in the in Halacha. You'll see a plethora of opinions. You Paskin, whatever you say can't be wrong. There are many Paskin who think that way. And the Iker is Lachriya. The Iker is to Paskin the question. Don't leave the question by avoiding it 
and and trying to uh, do the idea of benching before before shkia. Tifsuk, that difference between Rav Amitav and Rav Lichtenstein is a whole different attitude toward Psak Halacha. I, of course, I'm not going to even suggest what I would think. But it's interesting to see the different approach and the particular issue of benching with a kos after Sudash Lishit when there's Lechem, when there's Chasen Kala.